Welcome to the Jelly Podcast. It is Tuesday. It is August 6th. Seems like this year's flying by. MLB is almost over. My Mets that we're going to talk about are above 500. Um, how are you doing today? I am swallowing a Cadbury fruit and nut bar. So I'm doing really well. I'm chasing it down with a pure leaf lemon iced tea. So I think the word of the day today is diabetes. Nice, nice. So what do you think about these Mets, man? They keep on winning and winning and winning. All right, all right. So today... I asked my- first, before you go, let me cut you off. I asked somebody <laughs> at work today, I said, should I really start believing? And he's like, believing in what? I'm like, the Mets. I'm like, you know, I look forward to sometimes not having the stress, you know, the end of the year in MLB season right. because my Mets are already out. But now, like, now that kind of get my hopes up, I don't want to think too far into it because... I know what's going to happen, but should I start believing at all at this point? So today on the Fantasy Baseball Hour, a show I host over on the Fantasy Network, I dropped an episode on how players, being us fantasy guys, can capitalize on the frenzy of team fan database uh, fan bases that think their team's going to win. So the Mets are lumped in with Milwaukee, San Francisco, Arizona, Cincinnati. And I did about 30 minutes on why the Mets are not going to make the playoffs. In their next 20 games, Jay, they have Washington, Atlanta, Philly, the Cubs, Cleveland, Kansas City. They have Atlanta again. Just looking at it, so they have Miami for the next three games after after what they did. So two more games against Miami, great. But then they have Washington. And if you look at that Nats team, that Nats team is right there fighting for fighting Philadelphia for that second wild card. The Mets have their top three guys striking out are Conforto, Alonzo, and Rosario. You don't think the Nats are going to come in with Corbin, Strasburg, and Scherzer if, if that's how it matches up and just mow these Mets down? There's, there's just no way in the next 20 games the Mets can do enough to jump three or four or five other teams. They don't have the talent. They don't have the pitching. I yeah, even let me said ask today, you a question. Let no, me, no, let I'm not you. done. I even said today to go out and get Seth Lugo, but I would stash him for the next eight games and then only throw him when they face Kansas City. Let me ask you a question. What? You do all this research because of your hatred for the Mets that you had to find <laughs> statistics around why yeah. they're going to end up sucking again to, like, to so, back yourself up? Or it was just like... Somebody asked you to do this research? How did this come out? I I, I, I didn't even look ahead as a fan. I didn't look ahead like, can they do this? But you look ahead and said they can't. Right. And and I'm going to do it on the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm going to do it for Milwaukee. I'm going to do it for Arizona. I'm going to do it for Cincinnati. And I'm going to do it for the Giants because one of those teams may get that second wild card. Between you and I, Philly and Washington are the teams that are going to – and then the Cardinals will be the other wild card unless they take the division over over the Cubs. But – the reason I do it is because I live in New York. I've grown up here. And I this organization, the New York Mets, I've watched them hurt so many of my friends. And I, I, I won't say, dude, you've become a friend. They're going to hurt you. They're a poor organization. They mismanage their players. They mismanage the health of their players. They are not a good baseball organization. I agree with everything you said. That's why. That's why. I, maybe I should have asked you before I asked a coworker <laughs> about it. I should have asked you and said, yo, Matt. Should I start believing? Because Scott's a diehard fan, and when I was shitting on the Mets all early season, he's like, "You're a typical Met Jeff fan, you know, who's always just hating on the Mets." I'm like, "No, nah, I just don't want to get my hopes up." So I texted him yesterday. I'm like, 
you know, should we, you know, I'm like, first I said, I'm like, listen, Scott, if they make the playoffs, we go to the game together. And you're going to have to come with us. If they make the playoffs, you got to come to a Met playoff game together. But um, let's get into this podcast. Let's not talk too much more. We'll see what happens. I don't think, knowing what you just told me about the schedule, is definitely an uphill climb. I guess the only thing that's going with them is the last time I thought they were pretty much done. And they made that run a couple years ago to the World Series. Something similar, kind of, like where I wasn't really expecting it. And they, they made a run, but... We'll see what happens, but so that, that wait that there. World Series that World Series run was should never have happened. They stunk. They didn't even show up. Like they should have let another team get into the World Series. So don't hang your hat on that. And the only thing I can say is that if the Cano injury is going to be something significant, that maybe Davis slides up in the lineup. But beyond that, man. Your one, two, and three hitters are the guys that have to do it for you. The rest of that team's not going to do it. And Syndergaard, DeGrom, great. Wheeler, Matz, I, they're not going to do it. You have no bullpen anymore. Diaz, as Callaway said, I just don't trust them anymore. Lugo's your closer. Dude, I'm sorry, but they stink. All right, let's talk about you know, <laughs> let's talk about some other teams. All right, go. Now. You said you got Cadbury eggs to attend to. So we got a large slate. We got the Yankees in Baltimore starting off. As of right now, do you see a Yankee starter, or are we just kind of guessing at this point? Or does it even matter because they're facing the Orioles? Yeah, honestly, at this point. Although Rojo is going for the Orioles, I'm sure some people might try to uh, get, get cute with him. I don't see a, uh, a starter. So, uh, But again, it could be you, me, Lawasaga, Scott Engel. It doesn't matter. There's uh, Yankee bats would be the play, although Rojo's not bad. Rojo's been and- good. Yeah. The Yankees rolled out kind of like a weird weird lineup on, you know, Monday. Touchman hit a home run. Gardner hit a home run. They did some damage here. But like you said, Wojciechowski's been good. Uh, it looks like maybe Chad Green has started for the Yankees, but that's not going to be a long a long game for him. So we can't start any Yankees pitchers. Um, I really want to attack these Orioles bats. Um, you know, maybe getting a one-off with a cheap guy like Jace Peterson or a Mancini type, but... You know, if the Yankees go the bullpen game, that's one of their strengths. I don't really want to target that too much. And the Yankees are always in play. Probably on a 14-game slate, I'm probably not going to look to target Wojciechowski. But if we get into those, that Baltimore bullpen, I can. I, I don't feel you know wrongly playing any Yankees. And some of them become, are coming cheap in Touchman, Mike Ford. Uh, with all the injuries that the Yankees are having, there is some value on the Yankees. But let's get into the next game. we got Chase Anderson versus Stephen Braugh in Pittsburgh. Another game that doesn't really, you know, excite me too much. I know you like talking about the Pirates. Anything to say about Brault? Is he a guy you can attack with some Brewers bats here? No, it's actually the other way, and I spoke about it today on the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Chase Anderson isn't owned in a lot of leagues. He's a great streaming option, and uh, Milwaukee is one of those teams, just like the Mets, just like that. they're right there. They're, they're playing. They're fighting for something. Um uh, depending on the rest of the slate, and we'll break it down, Anderson may be a pretty sneaky play here, and he, he might win you some money if he pitches well and, and the Brewers, you know, bop the way they do. Yeah, Chase is, you know, there's definitely other games. Um, I can't really see myself getting behind him too much. He doesn't have the, the upside that I want. He's kind of cheap. Pittsburgh's been really bad after the All-Star break. Everybody should know that by now, but... I think there's going to be better spots. So let's see what we see, you know, in these later games coming up, if we can get a better picture here. Um, we got Toronto and Tampa. It looks like another game here where we're not really sure yet what Tampa's going to do. 
It's probably going to be some form of, you know, bullpen game. So I can't really, you know, target any Tampa pitchers. And it looks like Thornton's going for Toronto. Not a spot for me to really attack there either. Um, This looks like a stay away spot for me. Are you picking up anything here in this game? No, it's a stay away spot for me too. Um, I mean, you may want to try to just get maybe some one-offs. I mean, Aguilar might be a guy you might look at. And again, I, I love the kids on the Blue Jays. But uh, it all depends on what kind of three, four-headed monster Tampa throws back at you the other way. But I'm always, I say it all the time, I've been saying it for a while, dude. I'll play three, four lineups, and one of them is definitely going to have the, those Blue Jay kids in it. You know, Guerrero and Bichette and Biggio and the rest of those guys. Yeah, they've been hot, man. I've been playing, yeah. I played them all weekend. They made me some money this weekend. Um, so I don't mind playing any of them. They've been cheap. You know, I, I rode Guerrero a little bit when he was struggling coming out. And then I played a lot of him lately, and he's just been dominating. So um, he's always in play here. I think he, he makes for, you know, a pretty good play, but he's a little bit expensive. He'll go under own because uh, there's definitely better spots on the slate. You know, one might be coming up in this Cincinnati game here. You got the Angels versus the Reds. You know, Cincinnati's a hitter's park. You would probably think you'd want Angels here, but it looks like to me I probably want the other side of this. I want more um, – Reds than, than Angels here because Descalfani's been good. He's been good enough. He can get blown up at any time, but I, I don't know if I want the Angels here. Can you can you trust you know Angels bats versus Descalfani, or you think it's kind of a neutral neutral spot on both sides? Uh, I spoke. It's funny. I spoke about Descalfani today as well. I've been a Descalfani guy for a minute, and he's never really done what I've wanted him to do when you're looking at angels bats and you're looking at, at this, this great fly ball ballpark. Look, these Scalfani's ERA is over four. He's six and six. I mean, yeah, man, you want to spend up on Mike trout. Go ahead. I just don't know if it's the right play here. Um, on the other way, look, the reds are a different team all of a sudden. And I think if Bauer coming into the locker room, I'm just making it up, but what if DiScalfani and Bauer have been hanging out and they've been talking about pitch grips and they've been talking about arm slot? I don't know. I want to see how Bauer's presence affects the Red staff. And also, this is a team that is also less than four games out of that wild card as I get an amber alert right now. How about that? Well, I know you talk to your friends about arm slots a lot. I don't know if they do. Um, Bauer, you know, they, he might, they might be talking something about about that, how do you like Suarez? Can we attack Suarez with some bats like Senzel? No, uh, no. Suarez on the backside. What do you no. know about this kid, Jose Suarez? He's got a 5.66 ERA. He's letting up three, four and runs every game for the most part, not lasting more than three or four innings. Cincinnati, you know, put a hurting on the Angels to start the game, you know, on Monday night. Can they continue that for Suarez? I think it's possible. And I don't want to go crazy, but I think. Um, there's some cheap bats here too, you know, cheap bats that make a lot of sense on Cincy. They can get, you know, you got this guy Anquino who's been hitting really well. Um, he's almost min salary Suarez. You get to pay up for a little bit, you know, but there's some opportunity to get some cheap bats here on their own again, I think, you know, on Tuesday night. Now we got a game in Boston, kind of a game that can be tough to figure out because I like targeting Kansas city hitters, but I don't know if I can trust Kashner. And then you got Junis coming around the backside, who's been better as of late, but is home run prone. So the boss is going to come in in a good spot here. Um, tell me about Junis and Kashner. Are you are you able to pitch Kashner against Kansas City? Are you do you want to attack Junis and stack against them with Martinez and Betts and Devers and Bogarts and everybody else on you know Boston's lineup? 
Well, I, I always like to look at what a pitcher is coming off of doing. It's it's a great thing, especially for Daly. And Junis, I think he went like, I want to say seven or seven and two-thirds against the Blue Jays on his last start. He still took the loss, and, and you made a great point. He is susceptible to the home run ball. But Junis has been like a bright spot for the Royals. On the other side, dude, Cashner sucks. Like, he should be a Met. You know what I mean? He's that. Yeah, he's that bad. And I think... Yo, Kansas City is, is no pushover team. Hunter Dozier's having a career year. Jorge Soler is only like 60-something percent owned in Yahoo leagues. Like, there, there's some opportunities there, but uh, I would not be so keen on going Red Sox bats against Junis, and I would not be so keen on going Royals bats against Kashner. So I'm going to try to find something else somewhere. All right, all right. We got we got some more games out here. We got a Met game coming up. We can talk about that. Uh, prior to that, I want to save. You know, I want you to get you prepared to talk about the Mets. So prior to that, we got Cleveland pitching at home. Zach Plesac's been better as of late, but I don't know if I can attack um, these Texas bats with a righty. Um, as good as you know, the Indians have been winning games. Plesac's been you know better as of late. He's an athlete. He put up two good games versus Kansas City. But, you know, Texas is a different lineup here. How do you feel about Plesak? Young kid, uh, going out there, a lot of heart. He's only $7,500 on FanDuel. I think he makes sense for a value play, you know, hoping that Cleveland gets the win and he can go, you know, pitch at home in a a little bit of a pitcher's park and hold down Texas maybe three runs, get the quality start in six innings. Do you like Plesak here? Uh, I I like Plesak. He was – he was – roughed around he, he gave up uh, i want to say three or four runs on like six hits five hits over five innings but that was against the astros that was at the turn of the month like july 31st um ah, i just i don't know like maybe if he's priced well he could be worth something but te- some of those texas bats are still okay but this game is in cleveland and i'm gonna start to really like cleveland bats moving forward they have something to play for they're excited it's funny you say that because it's it's trends like you if you're the first guy who spots the trend of what's going on in that clubhouse and get a feel how these guys are playing how they're feeling are they confident what's going on if you can get that feel like in the beginning of the year we see this cleveland lineup like okay lindor ramirez actually lindor was hurt but you know we see this lineup we keep plugging away ramirez thinking that he's you know mvp ish type of guy and he just struggles and struggles and the whole lineup struggles and they can't hit and they can't do anything then Lindor comes back they get the all-star break and now they're hitting better than any team out there and you know you take a team on the opposite side like the Brewers came out the the gate you know swinging it and they're crushing everybody and now they can't hit so if you can spot the trends early and Cleveland's been doing it now for a week so if you've been playing them you're making money and I agree with you 100% like you got to you gotta find teams when they're when they're starting to rock, and, and Cleveland's one of those teams, and they're facing one of the worst pitchers on the slate. So I think a Cleveland stack is gonna come in as one of the top stacks on on Tuesday versus Dorado. Yeah, and that's another trend. So looking at looking at Gerardo, I mean he's six and six with an ERA just under five. But what's interesting to me is that he's one and two with an ERA over seven in his previous four starts, at, while going four and two with a four point three three ERA and six starts before that so here's a tale of i was up i was up and now i stink so i think his confidence is, a, is also a little bit questionable and it's the first time he's facing the indians i definitely think that indian bats uh might be a play here 
Yeah, all the this this lineup's gotten they're hitting their stride right now. Roberto yeah. Perez, I can't say enough about this dude. Ah. Keep on playing him under own. Nobody plays him. He's got 19 home runs already. The guy is battling up there every time he gets up there. And then you got Santana, Lindor, Ramirez, these young guys in the outfield like Mercado's been hitting. You know, now they got Puig in the middle of the lineup that's going to add some flair. They got Reyes in the lineup that I didn't even noticed, you know, when the trade deadline ended. You know, they didn't really talk about that much, but that kid has been hitting with a lot of, you know, exit velocity too. So they Fran got Mil- Fran Mil Reyes is my favorite hitter in the league right now. People are going to sleep on him. Going to the American League is the best thing to happen to that monster. Does he have to worry? He doesn't worry about playing D no more, huh? Yeah, well, he gets also he can hit. He can play. When he was on San Diego, he, he had to battle Hunter Renfro all the time, and even Manny Margot in some cases. Now here, he's going to find a place in that outfield. If not, he's going to find a spot as a DH. So yep. I think the fran the franimal is definitely valuable. The franimal. All yeah. right. So now we got the the obvious, you know, stud pitcher of the day. We got Zach Wheeler. Going against, <laughs> going against the Marlins here. He's pitching at home. He's pitching against these Marlins. The Mets, you know, are the hottest team in baseball right now, and they're winning a lot of games. No, I'm just joking. But, you know, he's coming off three games of 7Ks. Before that, he had 8Ks versus the Yankees, 7Ks versus the Philly. Guys are strikeout machine. Um, high K rate going against the Marlins. I know the Marlins, you know, they play tough sometimes, but – I think it's a good spot for Wheeler. Tell me why we shouldn't pitch Zach Wheeler. Go. Honestly, he's the one guy who I can't really poo-poo on. My only issue is going to be a pitch count. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers, but I know in his previous start, he may have thrown like 80 or 85 pitches. Start before that, 77 five pitches as they eased him off and opened him up after he came off the IL. So he should be free and clear to throw 100 pitches if he can get that far. What I find interesting is on the other side with Jordan Yamamoto. This kid is coming off. He struck out a career-high eight guys in his last start. I think it was against the Twins. I could be wrong. And I think that there's a high K upside on, on those Met bats that are uh, Alonzo, Rosario. Like they, they stay free swingers. You know they're going to go up hacking because this team is hearing that they can make the playoffs. These kids are going to go up, and they're just going to swing and miss and swing and miss. I think there's value in this game on both sides. Yeah, Yamamoto comes cheap because he's facing such a potent team in the Mets, I guess. He's only <laughs> he's only 6,800. Makes some sense. He's been pitching good. Um, I haven't seen him pitch live myself. It's an interesting guy to see live. Uh, maybe we can go to the game one of these days. But um, I don't know. Yamamoto makes some sense. He's cheap, 6,800. Uh, I don't know if I can pull the trigger. You know, the Mets have been hitting well. Um, if Cano tore his hamstring, so he should be out. That's McNeil, it. So now what is J.D. Davis slides up? I guess so. McNeil also left with some cramps as well. So now if you take two lefties out of the lineup and the Mets roll out, maybe a lot of that's not as strong. You know, maybe you can look at it. You know, maybe you can look there as a possibility to, to pitch Yamamoto. So let's see the lineup. Wheeler's, Wheeler's the better play, but I'm just, I just want to say that Yamamoto – can mow down the Mets. Part of it is just to piss you and Scott off. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, we got a game in Chicago. Lester versus Anderson. Two, I guess you want to call them crafty lefties. Um, <laughs> Lester's battling. You know, I'll give him credit for that. He, he's he been, you know, finding a way to last long in games. You know, he's a veteran at this point in his career. Under four ERA. Um, coming off a start that wasn't so good in St. Louis. But before that... 
he got you 30, 40 points, you know, a start on FanDuel. He's averaging averaging 29, you know, for the season. So he's all right. I just can't play him at 8,500. I think if I'm going to go down that cheap, I'll drop to somebody cheaper than him or I'll go up and pay up for a guy like Wheeler at 10-7. Um, there's some other guys that, you know, we're going to talk about that might make some sense a little bit cheaper as well. But I can't really see myself paying for Lester at 8,500. Um, on the back side of things, I think the Cubs are definitely in play here. You know, this is not a guy that scares me. Um, and Brett Anderson, got, Baez has been swinging a hot bat. You got Bryant. You got a full roster of hitters, um, you know, on the Cubs lineup. So I think a, a nice mini stack or maybe even a full stack of Cubs makes sense. How do you feel about Lester-Anderson matchup? Do you want to attack Anderson heavy with Cubs bats or just play it even keel? So this is where I, I give you my, my Matthewisms. So if I am building a particular lineup, I just want to let you know, dude, John Lester's six and two at Wrigley and he has an ERA under three in 11 starts this season. He loves pitching there and Oakland kind of, they're on the outside looking in, but they're the team in the AL. The AL is pretty much locked up as far as postseason goes, with the exception of like Minnesota, Cleveland, what I'm talking about the wild card. Oakland is that third team looking in and they have something to play for. So I think they're going to go up and they're going to be swinging that. That's what I'm looking at now in the dog days of August teams that have something to play for or guys that are in contract here. So I think Lester may be a sneaky play here. He is a slightly overpriced, but if you build your lineup accordingly, you may be able to make one of your lineups uh, feature John Lester. Yeah, maybe on a, a SP2 site with like DraftKings, we have to throw okay. a second guy in. Lester might make some sense. Now we've got an interesting matchup. I think you got the World Series favorites at this point in the Astros. Granky gets his first start in Houston. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to follow up what Aaron Sanchez did. Um, <laughs> another guy who just kind of weaseled his way you know, onto a squad when nobody really given any credit to the, the organization. And he went out there in his first game and pitched a gem. Can Granky go back in there and do the same thing against these Rockies? He's got a lot of, you know, they faced him a lot, you know, in the last couple of years yeah. playing in Arizona. So they know about this guy. Um, he's expensive too. You know, coming out of Arizona, going to Houston, he's 9,700. Mm. I don't know. You know, I, I'd rather trust Wheeler in a softer matchup versus Miami than, a guy yeah. like Granky, who, you know, you still got to face Murphy, Blackman, Arenado. McMahon's been hitting better. Um, they all have good numbers against him. Stories, 14 for 46 with five home runs against him. You know, Blackman's hit him uh, hard a couple times. Some of these games might be in Colorado, so it's definitely a different park. But I'm going to stay away from Granky in his first start. I know he wants to go out there and produce, but I'm going to take the, the wait-and-see approach and, and wait till he gets a better matchup. Um, then, you know, targeting him on Tuesday night. And Marquez is good enough, as, as hot as Houston's been. I kind of had this game just scratched off that I don't really want to get involved. I'll watch the game, but I don't really want to get any, any players from this game. So uh, I'm with you. It is a stay away. But it, to me, it's – so in wrestling, we have this term. It's called a rib. And it just means it's a joke. It's the rib that Grinky's first start is against a team that knows him so well. Like, couldn't it be against an American League team? Couldn't it be against a team that hasn't seen him, like the Mariners or someone like that? So that kind of sucks for Houston. On the flip side, though, here's the interesting thing about Herman Marquez. And while this tidbit isn't going to make me use him today, it's just interesting. Uh, almost a year to the day. 
August of last year, uh, Marquez pitched in Minute Maid Park, and he threw seven innings of one-run ball. He struck out seven guys, and they won five. They won five-one. He's seven and zero with an ERA just under three and fourteen interleague starts. It's interesting if it was against anyone else but Houston. I'm just giving you some information. I don't see that there's a play here either way. I'm with you. You're just throwing out facts today, man. You go to school this morning? Like, what did you do? You went to Mexico this weekend and became, like, a smarter dude? How did that happen? I thought you, like, you drink the water, you got, you have some stomach issues. You went down to Mexico, drank water, watched some Lucha Libre, or whatever the hell you call it down there, and you came back and you're dropping stats on the Mets and every other team out there, man. I like it. I like it. So uh, a couple more games to get through. Barrios, who I love watching, watching pitch. I think he's a talented dude. Reminds me a lot of Jose Fernandez. Um He's going into, you know, he's pitching at home against Atlanta. Can you trust Barrios? Because I really like him, but he's going against, you know, these are two pitchers that, you know, could do well, but they're going against offenses that scare me. So, you know, if I had to pay 10-8 to target Atlanta bats or pay 10-7 to target Miami bats, I'll take Wheeler, even though I like Barrios yep. better as a pitcher overall. So I'm staying away from that. And Fulton Evich, there's no shot that I'm going to target him. He might even be somebody to target against because he's probably not going to last too long in this game. You might have some more information about that, but what do you think about Minnesota bats here? So, uh, Fulte is coming back after being demoted to AAA. I owned shares of Fulton Evitz for a while, and he was hot for a minute, and they just couldn't find it. Um, he, I, I'm reading a lot that he's finding a better grip on his use of his slider. So, with that said... How do Minnesota batters do against the slider? That's just, that's pedestrian. I'm going to look at that. And for the most part, these Minnesota bats are hitting everything. And the slider is a pitch that they are having success with. Uh, the opposite in San Diego, those guys just can't seem to hit a slider. It's just the statistics. I think twin bats are interesting here, but the Braves have a brand new bullpen. It's a different kind of team now. So even if Fulty gets chased, I want to see who comes in. Here's the other thing for, for Barrios, though. He's going to truly need to have his control against this Atlanta team. I'm talking about these bats. I mean, everyone is hot. Acuna, Albies, Freddie Freeman, Josh. They're just a hot, hot team. Duval is raking. But as far as that goes, when Barrios went out against the Marlins in his last start, he struck out a season high, like 11 or maybe 12 guys. He, he, he didn't issue a single walk. He gave up just two singles. One was an infield hit. He threw seven scoreless innings. He's really coming off a great start. Granted, it was against the Marlins. But if he can have his control, he can deal into the sixth or the seventh. And they also have a new addition of Sergio Romo. The, 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 the Twins might be – Barrios could be a play here – I'm not going for it, but based off his last start, that could be interesting. And twin bats, I, I'll be fine doing a, maybe a little Nelson Cruz mini stack somewhere against Fulte. Yeah, I think, you know, I agree with everything you say. Um, I love Burrios as a to. pitcher, and I love the twins here. I think Fulton Evich, there might be something else going on. They're moving him up and down, can't really stay. Maybe he's, you know, a little bit hurt or something like that, but something's going on with him. He doesn't have his stuff. He was hot last year pitching – you know, pitching lights out, throwing heat. So, you know, maybe something else is going on there, but I can't get behind him, and I love the Twins here. I think, you know, you have a couple of games that we mentioned already, the Yankees possibly, you know, Boston possibly. We both like Cleveland. But I think, you know, we both can get behind the Twins. I think if I'm making three or four lineups, I'm definitely going to have a Twin stack in there, even though, you know, they might have some bullpen arms that are going to attack with, but I'm going to go after it. Um, Mike Leake. 
pitching in Arizona now, going against the Phillies and Arietta. This looks like it looks like a matchup from like 2007. Um, I don't know though. You know, I'm not really. It's not a game that really makes me feel one way or another. You know, I think Leak yeah. and Arietta are pretty much the same pitcher. Um, both these offenses aren't that sexy at all. Maybe taking a one-off like Cattell Marte um, makes sense to me. If you want to get behind this whole Bryce Harper train, I've been. I think I played him. No joke, not as a Met fan, but I think no joke. I played him like three times this entire year, and huh. it's been good for me. The guy is not that good. You know, he's really not that good um, hitting. If I had to rate him in the lineup, I would definitely rather take guys like Hoskins, rather take guys like Segura, even Cesar Hernandez, Scott Kingery, yeah. you know, over Harper because he's just. He's not doing it. You can see it. He's just struggling out there. So um, definitely not worth the money in DFS for me. Definitely not worth the money for the Phillies. Um, a game where, like I said, maybe get a guy like Cattell Marte, maybe get some value out of a guy like Dyson or Dickerson, but nothing to really talk about, you know, from a pitching standpoint um, or hitting. Anybody that you like as a one-off here, do you like a stack against either of these two pitchers? Well, uh, Mike Leake's last start uh, was against – Seattle, Texas. It was against Texas. He gave up three runs in like five and two thirds innings. And uh, Mike Leake's not very good. <laughs> I mean, so, and as far as the Harper thing goes, look, with the way analytics goes, the league catches up. Look what happened with Aaron Judge last year. I mean, the league, if they figure out I'm making it up, you can't hit a belt high slider. All you're going to see are belt high sliders. So that's the thing that I think that's happening with Harper's. I think the league has kind of caught up with him. Uh, Arietta, I don't know if people know this. He's got a bone spur in his elbow. He kind of just tanks out after the fourth or fifth inning. He loses velocity big time. Go to Fangrass and just kind of look at how his velocity decreases and his command of his pitches. So maybe some Arizona bats here, unless Charlie Charlie Manuel, unless Gabe Kapler knows this deal, he has to, and he'll he might come and pull Arietta around the fourth or the fifth. Um, I'd still see some Philly bats here. Why not? They're fighting for something, and Leak isn't very good. It's his first time with Arizona. So, uh, yeah, some Philly bats could be sexy. Yeah, possibly. Nothing I'm going to go crazy about. Um, here's potentially, potentially a spot you can maybe get some value. We have a, a pitcher's park. Um, try to guess who I'm talking about. Am I talking about Sanchez or some guy I've never heard about before, Menez? No, you're talking about Anibal Sanchez. Yeah. You know, I think Sanchez is a guy that's playable here at this price. You know, he's going to be favored going into the game. He's been pitching, you know, good as of late. If I can get six innings in a pitcher's park at a Sanchez, maybe one or two earned runs, and he can go up there and and strike out four to six guys and then get 35 out of them at the right price tag. On FanDuel, he's 7,700. I think that comes at the right price tag against a weaker offense in San Francisco. Um what do you know about what what do you know about the young guy Menez? You know, I haven't seen him pitch. He's pitched, I believe, one time against the Mets. He went out in five innings, struck out six guys, let up two earned runs. Do you know much about this kid? So I am seeing to be decided. So you have information that I don't have and, and no, Fandle, there isn't much. saying Menez. Um let me check okay. one other spot while I got it. Yeah, I got I got it, him in two spots. Okay. Um he looks like to me he's pitched one time so far. Recall from AAA on Tuesday. Um, 24-year-old Southpaw held his own. Mm. Don't really know much about him, to be honest. Um, to him. 
the fact that he's a southpaw is, is intriguing, as it is always for pitchers. Uh, the Giants are playing for something. I can't believe we're saying that, but the Giants are in the same conversation as the Mets, right? They're both on the outside, less than five games, looking at a wild card. But Annabelle Sanchez is the guy I want to talk about. Um, I'm big into what guys do in their last 30 days. So I'm in a bunch of Yahoo leagues and stuff, and you can kind of sort your stats. You can look at what a guy's done in the last seven, last 14. Last 30 is a good barometer for me. Annabelle Sanchez in the month of July is 2-0 and with a 3.72 ERA. He had five starts. That's not bad. So I'm with you. I think Sanchez could be a play here. He's priced, uh, what'd you say, $800 lower than Lester. So that could be the difference between getting another bat in your lineup if you uh, build around Sanchez versus building around, say, Lester. 100%. Totally agree here. Um, Kershaw, pitching at home versus Miles Mikolas. 11-3 for Kershaw. Let me ask you the first question. You pay 10-7 for Wheeler, get the $600 discount, or do you attack these Cardinals bats with Kershaw at home? What's Kershaw priced at? 11-3 on FanDuel versus 10-7. No, I mean, again, you understand I'm a Cardinal fan, but they're also a half-game wild-card lead. They're kind of chasing down everyone else. I... 11-3 is a little steep when, when I know that there are guys out there that are the Wheelers and the Lesters and the Sanchez's. Yeah, but it's it an easier matchup, you know, lefty versus righty against these Cardinals. Cardinals have been battling. Jose Martinez has been hitting. Goldschmidt started hitting. Yep. I think it's a tougher it's a tougher matchup overall. So I know Kershaw's got the better name, better team in the Dodgers. But, you know, I think Wheeler's got the better matchup here. So I'm going to lean yeah. Wheeler over Kershaw. Now, Dodgers cooled off a little bit. You know, not much, but they cooled off a little bit. They keep on winning games, but they're not winning games like 11 nothing like they were right. in the beginning half of the season. But, you know, is this a spot where you can go after and, and grab Bellinger, grab Muncie, grab these, you know, these lefties versus Mikolas? Uh, Mikolas, his ERA is four, and he's not the same pitcher he was last season. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think you can maybe grab some Dodgers here. The thing about Kershaw that intrigues me is, you know, he's undefeated at Dodger Stadium this year with an ERA of 2.4, 2.35. Like, I don't know that. A, I, didn't, I didn't go to Mexico this weekend and get the entire... <laughs> you didn't drink the water. <laughs> but, um, again, I... Uh, I just think the Cardinals have a lot to play for, and Kershaw is just a beast, and blah, blah, blah. You could, again, I'm a multi-lineup guy. You want to go and spend 11-3 on Kershaw and then try to build a lineup around him, go right ahead. You know, I mean, it's your money. Uh, the numbers are there, but like we've been saying, there are other more reasonable, practical choices you can make on this slate. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think if you're going to play a bunch of lineups, um, throw Kershaw in some of them. I think mm-hmm. you kind of... If you're going to, you know, maybe if Kershaw's in 20% of your games, put Wheeler in like 40% of your games or 30% of your games. But, you know, split up your exposure because Kershaw has been better as of late. So um, last game in the slate, another guy which I've been kind of targeting here or there in the right matchups. Um, Dude Lament, you know, has a high K rate. If he get his last six innings no, in this game. It's not going to. That's, that's the thing. He won't. He's on a pitch. Can I get 5.1? Uh, he, you might. He hasn't last more than five. 
Right. So he, listen, he had Tommy John surgery. He's struggling, you know, to Denelson Lamette is a guy that I really liked. And, and I think once he's fully healed, his K upside is ridiculous. I mean, that Padre staff is going to be great, but I know for a fact that they have him on a pitch limit. I think it's like 90 pitches. He has not gone five innings yet in five starts. I don't know, maybe against a Seattle, maybe that's the, the, the game that he does it, but I don't see him going five more than six. Yeah, look, he's he's gone five in three of his five starts. Against the Dodgers, five innings, seven Ks. Versus Atlanta, five innings, seven Ks. Versus Baltimore, five innings, five Ks. Um, maybe this is the time. And, you know, this is probably one of the weaker offenses he faces now. Yeah. Um, he's never struck out less than five. So he's either five, six, or seven in four or five innings. So maybe this is the time. Because you got to look at the scoring here on Fandle. If he goes six innings and goes under three earned runs or, or less, he'll get the quality star points. He probably gets the win. And if he gets those six, seven Ks, I think this might be the spot where he pushes maybe, maybe, maybe in six innings, gets the quality star, gets seven Ks. And you might want him to not get so many Ks so he can get that quality start in and last six and get the win. If he does all that, I think he's a great value play with a great matchup in a pitcher's park. Um, I like him as one of my top value plays at pitcher uh, on FanDuel. I think, you know, at 6,500, you get enough of a discount here that it makes a lot of sense to me. I think he comes in as one of the top values. I got to do some research on this guy, Menez, and see what he's really about. But, you know, not really knowing much about Menez, I kind of like Lamette's matchup versus Seattle more than Menez versus Washington here, even though of course, you know, even though Lamette might be restricted, I think I might be able to get enough in five, or right. even better, get six innings out of him. But let me ask you this now: so looking at at a ninety pitch limit, and assuming that ideal is ten pitches per inning, right? If you'd want a guy to go nine innings, you could throw a ninety pitch. This tells me if they have him on a ninety pitch limit that he cannot afford one bad inning. He can't have a 20-pitch inning, because if he does, that's going to have them watching his pitch counts. That's the only thing I would look at. But other than that, yeah, Lamette could be sneaky, especially at that price. Yeah, that's why I said he, you almost want him to not strike out so many people. <laughs> right. That's where you get that pitch count up. But I think he's interested, you know, especially on, like, two-pitcher sites. If you can get him cheap on DraftKings as your SP2, and you expect even less from him, you know, that make, that's a spot that, you know, makes some sense here. And then, you know, last but not least, you got Seattle pitching a lefty versus these, you know, Padre righties, which, you know, also can come into play here. Um, who, are you think, showing, who are you showing starting for Seattle? I am showing, let me just pull it back up. It was a lefty. I think it was. Um, it's not Marco Gonzalez, is it? No, not Gonzalez. I see uh, possibly Wade LeBlanc. Oh gosh! I'm um, no. going. It's not guaranteed because I'm seeing mixed signals here. So if it's if it's LeBlanc, some places don't even have it listed yet because we're doing this late, you know, on Monday night here. So if it's LeBlanc, makes some sense. If it's another weaker lefty or a bullpen game, maybe you want to try to grab a guy like Tatis or Machado. Uh, but I'm not going to be overly aggressive here in Seattle and, and go after these guys. But you know, I think they can make sense. Um, Machado, if it's LeBlanc, get a Machado, Tatis. And some parts of the outfield, Renfro, um, it could be a sneaky late game, late hammer stack that comes into play while everybody else is sleeping. You know, you wake up <laughs> nice, you know, some nice money in your account later on tonight. 
Um, I'm also seeing the Sox at the Tigers. Hector Santiago finally coming back against Drew Verhagen. Uh, is there anything that you like here? Um, I don't think that game's on the main slate. I think it's the early game. The 7-10. 7-10 game. Okay, we definitely skipped it. I must have drank some of the tequila in Mexico, I guess. Um, Santiago versus Verhagen. I like Giolito. I played a lot. Oh, of you're looking. It's a it's a doubleheader. You're looking. The one ten game is Dylan Cease and Daniel Norris, which is a much better pitching matchup. That's a makeup yeah. from four twenty. Yeah, four twenty. Uh, this other seven ten game is the uh, is the second half of the doubleheader. Yeah. So for some reason, it's not on the Fanduel slate. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know why. So we don't really got to talk about it too much. Um, There's nothing you know, there anyway, to be honest yeah, with you. There's not much there. You know, maybe, I don't even know who the hell you'd no. want to grab. Maybe no. some guys versus Verhagen or maybe grabbing one of these righties versus Detroit, you know, on Detroit. But not really much there. Yeah. You know, just give a quick recap. Um, Matt thinks the Mets are definitely going to make the playoffs. Um, he likes Jack Wheeler as one of his top choices of the night. Uh, no, for Valley, no, no. <laughs> Now, Wheeler's in play. Uh, for value, we kind of like Sanchez. Uh, maybe some Lament sprinkled in. Yeah. or Lester. You know, Lester, potentially. Lester is, he makes more sense for me on a two-pitcher site where you're not really banking on him going out there and grabbing you 10Ks. But he can be, you know, he's a salary saver. You know, on DraftKings, Lester is cheaper than Lament. So I say, you know, you go with Lester, you know, grab that safety. Um, and then on FanDuel, you might want to take the $2,000 discount and go with Lament if you're going all the way down there or pay up because it's a one-pitcher site and you want to try to get one of the top arms and go with a guy like Wheeler. As far as stacks go, you know, the Indians are definitely in play here. You know, going against Gerardo makes a lot of sense. I think the Cubs make sense versus Brett Anderson. I think the Twins make a lot of sense versus Fulton Nevich. Boston could be kind of sneaky against Junis. I don't think it'll be that sneaky, um, but people might, you know, fade him because Junis has been better lately. And I think the Dodgers come in kind of sneaky and the Padres come in kind of sneaky. Um, you know, lefties from the Dodgers, righties from the Padres, if they throw that lefty out there. Anything else you want to leave us with, Matt? Um, oh, yeah, one more thing, and it's super important, bro. The Mets suck. The Mets suck. All right, let me hear your prediction because I know you've done so much research. Who makes the who makes the playoffs out of the NL? Uh, probably the Cardinals and the Nationals. Cardinals, Nationals, and then and, and who? Then the Cubs, Dodgers, and the Braves. Cubs, Dodgers, Braves. So all right, I'm gonna write that down somewhere. So you say it one more time: Cardinals and who? Cardinals and Nationals. I think Philly is on the outside looking in, and uh, it's the. Braves, the Cubs, and the Dodgers. And you got the Astros taking it all? Oh, on the other side, it's, uh, what is it, New York, Minnesota, Houston, and uh, why is the wild card escaping? Cleveland and Tampa Bay with Oakland looking out, looking in. Um, Astros, Yankees. One of those teams. You're going with the favorites with the Astros? it's, It's supposed to be the Astros and the Dodgers. That's supposed to be the World Series, but uh, stranger things have happened in baseball. I agree. You know, I think the Astros are clear cut above everybody at this point. You know, with the moves they made, they were good enough to begin with. And yeah. this dude Alvarez is a, is another beast in that lineup. So now they got some lefty power to go with. Oh, they haven't even brought up Kyle Tucker. Like, there's just so it's an embarrassment of riches on that on that baseball team. That's what happens when you have what is it called a good organization, man? Yeah, they they are the antithesis of the nine Mets. 
<laughs> I hear you, man. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Hopefully you guys are making money on Tuesday. Uh, check out WindDailySports.com. We got a lot of new updates coming up to the site. So I'll be on a checkout for that. And NFL is starting this weekend with some more preseason. We crushed less uh, preseason, you know, the Hall of Fame game. Everybody came close to winning a lot, a lot of money, even in GPP. Yeah. So stay tuned for our NFL content to come. And uh, I think the Mets might be competitive, but I don't think they're making the playoffs. I agree with Matt, unfortunately. So you know, everybody have a good night. Later. Uh, peace.